Welcome to Cozy's Diary! Hey folks, it's Cozy again. I'm here talking about my Quake City Rumble out in San Francisco, California experience. I'm going to go ahead and talk about in this episode of Cozy's Diary the first round of QCR, as it is well known, or, at, or also referred to as the Quake, as I learned. Um talk a little bit about round one i'm going to go ahead and break down the scenario i'm going to break down who i played against what his army list was and some of my highlights from the game so this is going to be kind of like a battle report episode this is something i haven't really done in the conzi's diary before so hopefully you enjoy so scenario one was titled gold rush and basically it had this idea of you kind of coming into san francisco however you got there through tsa or whatever um and you're trying to find a spot to kind of make it rich. And so the scenario is deployed as meeting engagement. And with a person who to travel the furthest gets plus one to their dice roll to see which table side and deploying first. Um, and uh, six turns or till time's called. Uh, victory conditions. This is thing to note for all the victory conditions on all of the games were based on victory points with some scenario objective modifiers for battle points. Um, all those scenarios on day one, the scenarios one through three, were just win, loss, draw. Uh, scenarios four and five had uh, uh, basically a minor loss, minor win kind of condition, which were worth a couple more or less, respectively, uh, victory points or battle points. So the scenario objective objectives for round one was you get plus two points for having more models in the center hill than your opponent so there was a hill right smack in the center of the of the, of the battlefield and it was models so that definitely gave advantage to armies that were maybe more infantry based um, that could drive a lot of models onto that onto that hill and then uh you had plus one point for destroying your opponent's largest unit by model count or cause it to flee off the table um, so in this particular case, since it's by model count, that would have been my core unit of dwarf warriors at 35 strong. And then plus one point for your highest point core unit that is still alive and not fleeing. Um, so if you manage to hang on to that highest point core unit, and in my case, that 35 point or that 35 model dwarf warrior unit was still alive at the end of the game, I would actually win this scenario. So Going into round one, I played a gentleman by the name of Leaf Davidson, and this is worth noting that all of my opponents I never played before. Honestly, I'd be, to be honest, I don't think I've met any of those guys either um, from having them having the Cali the California guys come over to uh, Wisconsin for things like uh, the Wapaka tournament in in Wapaka, Wisconsin. So. Yeah, that was a really kind of cool new experience to play all new guys. I'm really familiar with the Midwest tournament scene, and it's very likely usually at a tournament that I go to now that I've at least one of the matchups. I've probably played this person at least once before, and this was all new. I'd never played any of these five opponents, so there was definitely kind of figuring out play styles, figuring out uh, the meta, and 
getting accustomed to what they thought. And so I played Leaf, and Leaf apparently had drank uh, quite a bit in the Friday night festivities. And the, the hall was open for open gaming, and there was some other organized activities. And I had stepped down to the hall Friday night for a little bit, just kind of say hi and register and kind of get a feel for where everything was. Um, but, yeah, so... Leaf was a little bit hungover, and he was going to play. He was playing high elves, and he was playing uh, a list that featured double dragons and uh, frostheart phoenix. And when I say double dragons, he had a, a prince, a lord prince, on a on a. I think it's a star dragon, and who had the armor of destiny, a dragon bane gem, an iron Gears icon, and a lance. You know, basically kitted out for three up armor two up against fire four up board save otherwise pretty pretty kitted out lord star dragon pile of attacks all strength seven so the key with this guy was going to just kind of come in and whatever he's going to do he's going to kill it dead the round he charged or engaged it then he had a dragon mage uh wow you know right as a dragon mage who, who fields those anymore well he had one um i don't think it was the only dragon mage actually at this tournament either so um, this was definitely something a little bit different that I hadn't seen in the in the uh, Midwest scene for a long time. Uh, was the idea of having having this in there and anything other than strictly a fluff list. Now his Dragon Mage had a Charm Shield, um, the Gem of Sunfire, and was of course Laura Fire. So yeah. I don't know. Anyways, uh, I, I don't know a whole lot about Dragon Mages, so I can't really comment there. He then also had a Noble on a Great Eagle, and that was his Battle Standard Bearer. Uh, he gave the Noble an Enchanted Shield and Talisman of Preservation. So, 2-up armor, 4-up ward. Tough 4 because of the Eagle. Pretty solid little guy. Uh, next up, uh, Archers. He had 2 packs of 14 Archers. And I think these were more in just to kind of pay that core tax. He also then had two six packs of silver helms, and those came those he put a uh, banner musician in, and that came into one of my first early plays that he didn't. I don't think he saw coming. Um, that was pretty brilliant. He had a twenty-four pack of white lions of chase. Of course, I mentioned the frost art, and then he had a second eagle just on its own. So, a couple of the key components in this game that kind of broke this into a victory for myself was first off he had um a six pack he, he moved the dragon mage and one of the six packs of white lion or with a 24 pack of white lions and a six pack of silver helms he decided to make them too wide and you know too wide and deep um, which i'm not sure in hindsight if that's what i would have done with them but that was his call and i have more power to him that's okay um, he played it the way he thought he should. And so then I char I charged the flank of that six-pack with... Oh, yeah, and there was some archers over there, too. I charged the flank of that six-pack with a gyrocopter, um, thinking that, at the worst, I'm going to pin it in place, and, it, and it's pretty far away from its general and battle center because he pushed those way to what would have been my left flank trying to swoop around that side of my army. And with his with his big dragon and battle standard and his frost heart all went that way, and so 
I'm like, okay, well, Silverhelm's leader eight. I get a flank, charge. I'm going to go in winning by two. I'm toughness five. The Silverhelms are only strength three. Good chance they're not going to do any damage. I should win this by at least one. You know, leader seven break check's not necessarily very reliable, so I'll take it. It's a, it's worth a gamble. So, and, I, and one of the things I do with my aerocopters is I'm, I'm very over-aggressive with them, I think, which I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but... I tend to like that. Um, I, I find it more more fun, more interesting in my games, uh, and more enjoyable. So, take it or leave it. That's kind of what what I my thoughts on the on the topic. So, so yeah. So, when I charge the silver helm unit, I break it. It actually did break. Not only did it break, it panicked the archer block that was standing right there. It also it also panicked that dragon mage and the dragon mage would then follow up and fail the rally. And my second gyrocopter would be in a position later to when it failed the rally to be able to charge it, force it off the board and poof, no more dragon mage, one monster down. So that was huge in factoring into this victory for me because now I'm down to one super powerful dragon, one Frost Art Phoenix, and that BSB running around. So next up, I got to deal with the Frost Heart. And the Frost Heart charges on my far left flank, the furthest thing over, I put my block at 20 uh, Quarrelers um, with Hand Weapon and Shield. Now, the idea is that these guys are going to need to... You've got to charge them with something very powerful in order to break these guys. And uh, something like a single monster that's... you got to dish a lot more damage than that. Because I'm going to be steadfast. It's going to give me a chance. I may be steadfast for multiple rounds if you don't commit anything else in to help it. And that's going to give me time to reposition and react. And that was kind of the theme of of how I have to deal with an army like this is I have to be able to take it, reposition, and react. Kind of a theme of the way I built the army because it was all stubborn, um, all, you know, either stubborn or unbreakable, all the way across the board everywhere. I needed to be able to hold, hold, and I would react. Help is coming. That was kind of the thing I kept saying to my units. I would get stuck in all weekend long. i keep kind of talking to my units, and it, it sounds silly, but I'd be like, just stick with it. Help is coming. Stick with it. Help is coming. And that's exactly the case here. The Quarrelers um, get a couple of wounds from Stand and Shoot and, and shooting at the Frost Heart. The Frost Heart charges it. Now, through, due to a great series of whiffing on the dice leave through, uh, he ends up losing like the first round of combat by two, but manages to stick. I believe he had a Star Dragon with his Lord in range to get at least uh, Leader 10, so it was. Uh, leader eight and might have even been a leader eight with a reroll from BSB. So, but that I mean that was that was the hilarity. Of it. And I, okay, I won combat. I'll reform, put, uh, build up my ranks now. And uh, second round of combat, he chips away. I lose, but I'm leader ten. Stubborn, make it. Helps coming. The hammers get repositioned now for uh, rear charge on the on the phoenix. He's like, okay, well, it's my turn. I have to charge my Star Dragon in now to commit to being able to destroy this unit because I can't just sit here. And he manages then with the Star Dragon's assistance just to smash the crossbows. But not before the crossbows basically have the Phoenix down to, like, its last wound or two. I think it was down to its last wound. 
And so and the, the dragon was, because it charged, was able to overrun, but the phoenix, all it can do is just basically reform to face the hammer charge. My next turn, I charge, charge the hammers into the phoenix, just explode it. And then I go ahead and, and uh, am in a position then. Uh, keep in mind that I'm, now I'm in a position to uh, threaten at least his Lord on Dragon. And one of the problems here he's got is he's got his Lord on Dragon. His BSB decided to charge my cannon, which was kind of behind uh, behind where my hammer unit originally was. So I reformed to basically face and be able to charge um, in case my one cannon guy survives. We hadn't rolled that combat yet. Um, uh, and he basically, on his next turn, he defeats the cannon in combat, reforms, faces the hammers with the BSB, and then kind of just stands there threatening to kind of make, make me have to take the choice. Do I charge the Star Dragon or do I charge the BSB? I took the BSB charge because I was pretty confident I could beat him, smash him in combat, and this is the first instance of my lord. He declares a challenge. My lord goes, Pfft. Nope, not taking it. You're not worth my time. Steps to the back. The hammers them just lay into this guy and smash the elf BSB overrun to get out of the way of the star dragon being able to charge him. Meanwhile, back in kind of the center of the table, slayers have kind of done this weird positioning and ended up kind of getting in the way because they failed a couple of charges. But finally, I was able to get my 35-pack of dwarf warriors with great weapons bsb and and such into the white lions i got a charge finally i made the charge they're holding the white lions are busy have been busy all game just sitting on the hill uh basically nearly unmolested i haven't really dedicated any resources to trying to deal with them my warriors charge them due to uh some bad another case of bad luck on on uh leaf's case he failed i win the combat he fails the break check it's on my turn six he fails it he's like good game it's over i was hoping to hold on to those couple of battle points for the hill but i got him so i got the big win on the first round big um with by the time i'm done with objective points it's a 20 point win for me uh lee leaf was a great opponent <sighs> I, I feel kind of bad. He, I feel like he made, you know, when I looked at the game and it initially, um, and, and if you look at the picture that goes with us, and I'll post it when I post this uh, episode up, the my left flank, I've got a frost here, or a frost heart, I've got a dragon, I got the dragon print, or the prince on, a, on the star dragon, and the BSB all pushed to my left flank. I'm certain at this point that those three monsters are coming straight down my flank of my army probably all going to combo charge my hammers and I just see my hammers just getting deleted by these things long before I can do enough damage to make a difference. I certainly couldn't commit my lord to calling out a challenge in that instance because if his star dragon took it I know all those strength 7 attacks my lord's biggest strength is he's toughness six with a one-up armor save. Well, that strength seven just chews through my toughness six and my armor save. So I, it was going to be an ugly, ugly matchup. 
great game though i appreciated leave it was a great start to the to quake city rumble i wasn't a start i was expecting but it was a start that i was very happy to take and and in a matchup that uh when i things were lined up on the table i was really questioning how do i win this what what did i i didn't bring the right gun or right knife to the to this uh gunfight i guess is the kind of thing i've really knew that you know going into this matchup looked like wow i i really wish i did have that second cannon that i uh should have brought and it wasn't there and now i gotta deal with all this all these monsters and these targets and i just can't deal with them fast enough and what it come down to is the fact that maybe it's because i didn't have all those targets he had to try to find ways to commit to my big units and he made a couple of mistakes probably a little hangover i think there was a little warhammer rust there too so anyways thanks lee for the great game thanks uh quake for letting me talk about this this uh ex tournament experience and uh we'll go ahead in the next episode talk about my round two until then this is the Conesy that's your host Peace out.